This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Well, hello, hello, my Let's Keep It Real people. I'm so excited that I can be here with you right now. I have a special guest for you. Somebody that I actually was their podcast guest. Ah! And I loved him so much. I'm like, you have to be on my podcast because it's it's very similar. But let me tell you a little bit about Miles before I bring him on. So, he's very inspiring. I've never met him, but a lot of times when I was talking to him, I got goosebumps because he knew just the right questions to ask me and he challenged me, which he probably doesn't even know, but he knows now. But besides that, he's done a lot with his life and I don't even know how old he is. I'm just assuming he's a young dude, but here you go. Miles Biggs, by day, he is the director of digital marketing for a marketing agency. By night, he is a side hustle collector, hmm. the host of his own podcast, which I love, Relish the Journey, a business coach, leading mastermind groups for entrepreneurs. Whew, that's a tough one, and that's a good one. He is in the process of publishing his first book, and he's set to do his first, this is a big one, TEDx Talk later in 2020, date pending. He recently formed his own company, oh God, I love it, Biggs Ideas, LLC, in effort to further monetize, oh my God, this is so funny, monetize, legitimize, and streamline, say that fast, his side hustles into his own enterprise. Did I get that all right, Miles? I mean, you're challenging me there. I had some tongue twisters. <laughs> I want to hire you to follow me around and just tell me how great I am all day. That was, <laughs> that was wonderful. I, I had to add some expression into that. What do you think? That I, I, do good? I dig it. You did great. So, Miles, what I like to do is before we even get to know you, I like to, I take a few questions from people, you know, when they know the subject matter and who's coming on, and I want to hit you with my first question. You ready? Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Dear Sandy, can you please ask Miles? How do you take someone who, uh, I don't want to say, he says, I'm quote unquote, my family thinks is lazy, but I work for other people. I've always wanted to work for myself, but I just don't know what to do first. You think Miles can help me? Hmm. So this is the, pers- the person asking is who's being described as lazy. That's what he said. I've been told... I'm lazy. Now, he didn't, he's not, maybe, but he said, I've been told I'm lazy by my parents. Sure. And what if I'm reading into it, let's just, you know, because we don't know this person and we're going to keep him anonymous, is that he has a job. He's always wanted to work for himself. He keeps saying he's going to work for himself. His parents keep telling him he lives at home, that he's lazy and that he should, you know, just do it. And obviously, he doesn't want think he's lazy, but he doesn't know how to get started. 
Question one. Let's hit you hard. All right. I like this question. So first thing I'd say, you said he still lives at home and his parents are telling him he's lazy, right? So Yeah, which I, first, we don't like that. No, I don't like that. But I'd say first, first thing I'd say to this person is move out. <laughs> because... because that's a hoot. You're right. You know, Go you got to move out. They're your parents and you love them and they love you and your relationship will be better when you're not living under their roof anymore. Right. So we're going to just put this down. Wait a minute. Instead of Dear Abby, Dear Miles. Okay. All right. So Dear Miles says, Dear... Get your own, yeah. you know, get your own place. Jimbo. All right, move Jimbo. Out. Jimbo, yeah. get an apartment where you can have full control over your environment and surround yourself with things that are going to uplift you and inspire you to do that side hustle and create that business not negativity like people telling you you're lazy. That's step one. You have to be in a spot where you can create and put the work in. And so he's going to have to make that for himself if it's not in his initial environment right now. You hear that, Jimbo? Keep going. And then I'd say, you know, everybody loves something. They're passionate about something. So he's got to find what that is. For me, before I started my own podcast, which led me to all the other things you rattled off in my introduction, um, I was just listening to a lot of podcasts. And when I felt this like inner pull, like I feel like I should be doing more and I want to do something more and I was looking for a creative outlet, when I paused to look around and said and ask myself, what am I doing right now? That's one thing I kept coming back to is like, man, I keep listening to a lot of podcasts. You know, I feel like I could do one. It can't be that hard. And it just led me through some research. And then ultimately I just started and did it. So he's got to find whatever that is for himself. And it could yeah. be something that right now he considers a hobby. But anything that's really a quote-unquote hobby could also be turned into a business if you just think about it a little bit differently. All right, good point. So let's just home in on that one. If, if you're not sure, which is, there's, there's the number eight question, but we're going to bring number eight, number two. If you're not sure of what you're really passionate about, you know how people say sometimes, do you ever hear this, oh, I envy you that you, you know what you want to do and you enjoy what you do and I, I don't really know. Like, what if you don't know what your passion is? You, am I hearing that, hey, you don't have to know it right now, but if you have something like a hobby that, you know, start that while you still have your job and see yeah, where I, it takes you. Yeah, I think if you don't know what you're passionate about, you certainly know what you're not passionate about right? Which you don't like to do. Okay. And so you can create a don't do list, stay away from list, and then start experimenting. Just try new things. If you don't know what you're passionate about yet, yeah. it's probably because you haven't experienced it yet. So create a list of things you've always wanted to do or places you wanted to visit. Sometimes we have to get outside of our daily routines and our little bubbles to go out and experience the world, meet yeah. new people, have conversations, and that's going to trigger something, a new thought that we can pursue then. To turn well, you have business Jimbo moving hobby. out of his house, so he's going to have a lot of yeah. insurance. He's going to figure out a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and just to so we can back up about the parents. I know parents a lot of times, let's just assume they're loving, kind people. They don't always say the right things. You know, they say things that from a generation ago, like, you know, they think are motivating, but they're really not that motivating. You know, right. it's still not good to hear, hey, you're lazy or hey, you're lazy because it just doesn't do anyone any good. I can just say that right now. It's not going to motivate them more. But that's all they know how to say. They don't They don't know what else to do, right? Right. Or that's what how they were motivated when they were his age. Yeah. 
all that's all or they that's what his that. parents did you know and they're, right. they don't and that's what they're doing okay so now miles tell us a little bit about you 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 know when we're rattling off all the things you've done have you always been a self-starter like when you were a kid were you always that kid i you know i guess i never thought of it that way but um my parents, you know, I can credit them with this. They always made sure I was not bored. I was always in a lot of activities. And so I got used to being very busy and managing my time and getting it all done. So when people ask me, oh, man, how do you do all those things and still have a life? I don't know how to not do all these things. Right. You know, when, I, when I was a kid, I was in – I remember when I was little in elementary school, I played basketball, baseball, soccer. I was swimming in the summers. You know, gotcha. I, I was in gotcha. Boy Scouts, school, you know, I, there's always an activity going on. So uh, okay. I think that just taught me to, to, like you said, be a self-starter, think on my feet, get used to being uncomfortable. All right. But do you, did you have any siblings? I do. I'm a middle child. Okay. So I'm the only now, boy. Are, were they the same way? Were they in all these activities? They were different ones because they were girls. Okay. So they, they did some dance and things that I wasn't doing, Girl Scouts versus Boy Scouts, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, similarly. So I have a younger sister and older sister, and I'm right in the middle. So, you know, there is something to be said that your parents were one of the influences, but I know families that have three and four kids raised the same way, parents very active, and there's the kid that doesn't want that. You know what I mean? There's always sure. that, you know, it doesn't mean that's the way you're going to go. Although they were a strong influence for you, like do this, do this, do that, do that. And the par your parents were probably the same way too. Yeah. Yeah. Always, you know, my, my, they're still active in their own activities. Yeah. So, and, but you also enjoyed it. I did. Yeah. And what about your sister? Did they enjoy it as much? You think they enjoyed their versions. They ended up sort of narrowing it down. I'd say yeah. where I, I continue to go a little bit broader they okay. found the one or two things that they really enjoyed and okay. stuck with it. And I continued to, um, to do multiple. So, which is my next question. You like me, I love doing a lot of things. And do you ever hear, Hey miles, like you need to focus on one thing at one time. And you, if you want to be successful, you can't do multiple things. What do you, what do you have to say to that? Yeah. And this is from uh, we're going to name this. This is a female. Uh, everyone says I do too much at the same time. And if I really want to be successful, I got to pick one thing and just home in on that one thing. And we're going to call her Sally Bell. All right. Sally Bell, you can't see me, but I'm smiling at this one right now because yes, I've heard it. Um, and in many ways, in some areas of life, it's true, right? If you try to please everyone, you'll please no one, you know, all that kind of things. But when it comes to business or just hobbies or just your own personal happiness. I think we all need variety. And I, I always draw this comparison when I get into base with people about the stock market, right? So are you going to just go put all of your money in one stock in the stock market? Or do we talk about having a diversified portfolio, right? And so that's yeah. the way I like to think about it. I have a diversified portfolio. I'm putting various amount of times in different endeavors that I each enjoy so that if one of them falls away, I'm not left with nothing. I've always got something else going on that could lead to something, okay. and, you know, connect me with somebody else. And then that could be the next thing. And do you ever feel overwhelmed? Sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it's, I'm only human, right? So I yeah. get stressed out, I get anxious. Um, yeah. but that's part of it. And I've just learned along the way 
what triggers me in that way and then how I can deal with it to not have it cripple me. So, for, but for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, give us a tool. What do you do? What is one of your little, you know, techniques that when you feel yourself getting overwhelmed and anxious that you do to calm yourself down? Uh, so, meditation is something I found in the last year. Okay, I was one of cool. those people that was always like, yeah, right. I'm going to sit in a room and just think about nothing. Good luck. You know, it gave it a try uh. for like one, one second and then said it didn't work. But um, I found this app, Insight Timer, and there's a bunch of them out there, like Calm and Headspace. It's, it's like those apps where they led you through some guided ones. And to me, that brought out the competitor in me because there was a streak like timer on it. So if I did it for two days in a row, it said, congrats, there were two days in a row. And then... <laughs> It became like a personal thing where like yeah. it should have been calming me down, but it was amping me up because I was like, I got to meditate today because I oh want to get God. through this stuff. Oh my God. How did you make meditation like, like on top I, of the yeah. That's so funny. So I, but I got up. I got up to over 190 days in a row Ooh. before I meditated without the app and it just became a habit. So okay. for me, that's how long it took for it to be a habit. That, so that's something that just some people can think of. Took me 190 days to make it so that it just was ingrained in my life. And so I do that. I just take a moment of mindfulness if I feel myself getting out of whack. And I also just have got so that I think is I've changed my internal dialogue a lot, the way I talk to myself on a daily basis. Yeah. So yeah. I can now be aware of the thought and not be that negative thought. I can be conscious that it's happening, but it's not who I am. And I can sort of talk to that anxious side of myself and say, take a deep breath, relax, and I'm more in control instead of out of control. Oh, I like that. So now, when do you meditate? Whatever. Whatever I need to. I don't have it set up where it's like every morning I do it. Um, sometimes it's in the morning. Sometimes it's at night. Sometimes it's my lunch break. Sometimes I just need to get up and take a walk and then find a quiet spot and, and do it, you know? So um, as, as needed. Yeah. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned that because, I mean, it, I've only, I've always done like a few minutes here and a few minutes there, but I started my own routine of doing like the more of like the 20 minutes in the morning, but not all the time. And I believe it's it's all throughout your day. You know, you can put it in whenever you have a chance. It, yeah, it's great if you can get it in in the morning. I think it's perfect time to start your day, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know? Yeah, it's... And yeah, I, I love that you said that because I've, that, that explains the way I've approached it and I couldn't really find the words as well as you did. But an example is I go to the gym in the morning before work and I find myself, if I'm on the treadmill running, right, and I'll turn the treadmill up to say it's like on 8.0 for the speed and you can find yourself getting really out of breath and just kind of going along with the treadmill. But then that mindfulness kicks in for me and if I'm sprinting and I focus on counting my breath to like a three or four count, and then get really purposeful about my thought of my breath and my awareness of my body, I can go from feeling exhausted running at eight to like feeling like I'm jogging and I'm just, I'm in control of that fast moving treadmill. Yeah. And I think that's a yeah. great, a great metaphor for life in general as that treadmill that can kind of whisk you away. And it feels like it's more out of control than it is. But when you get purposeful about it and you're aware of it, you can make the conscious decision of where you place your feet and where you're going and if you're out of breath or not. So it's like I'm meditating while running 
<laughs> as yeah. an extreme and example. And see, I'm so glad you said that because I don't believe you have to be just sitting in a room. You could be in the woods. You know what I mean? You could be sitting under a tree. You could be biking. You know, you could be hike. You know, there. It's just clearing your head and, like you said, be aware of your thoughts. And by the way, you did say it very eloquently when you were saying about being aware of those negative thoughts, being aware of those thoughts that don't serve you well, but not letting them consume you. Because that's what it's all about. They're, they're not going to go away. We're wired to think negatively. We just are. Yeah, it's, the, it's fight or flight. It's survival. It's our brain. Yeah. Our brain's only job is to keep us alive. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, that's what it's trying to do. And it's just sort of in many ways not made for our, our modern world. And that's that's where the Isn't anxiety it crazy? Kicks in. Isn't it weird how like it hasn't changed that much? Like I was just on like we were talking about people that are like brain specialists, but I was talking to a, another individual and she was saying the same thing. Like when you study the brain, there is gonna be way more negative thoughts. I don't care how happy go lucky you are. That just is whack to me. Yeah, it's crazy. And I've talked to a few people, like you said, brain specialists, and I've read some books. I find it fascinating too. Um and it's to me, it's it's weird because it, it could also make you think: Are we are we more advanced than we're supposed to be? Right? Like we're uh, we're more modern than our brain was originally intended for, and so it's like a, a negative point. side effect, you know. Um, but yeah, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, huh. we're, we're we're too modern. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we just haven't caught up to it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. All right. So. Of all the, well, this might be a tricky question for you, but of all the things that you're doing right now, Miles, what is your favorite thing? Do you have a favorite oh, thing? Yes. Favorite thing. We didn't listen in the intro, but is being a dad. I have Aww. a, I have a, a two year old. He yeah. just turned to little two in a couple months as, as we record this. And that is my favorite side hustle. Doesn't often make it into the intros, but, uh. That keeps me grounded. No, it too. should make it into the intro. It should. Yeah. It should. Yeah. But that keeps me grounded. Whenever I get stressed out or I feel like I'm sucking at something and I should be farther ahead. Yeah. You know, a child's love is truly unconditional love, right? It's like he just loves seeing me when I come home. He tells, you know, runs with his arms out. He, he giggles. It's like the best sound in the world. So Isn't that crazy? It's amazing. It really is amazing. It gives you a whole new perspective on life. And for me – it's given me a new perspective on why I'm doing all of these things. So we mentioned forming my company and trying to streamline what I've been experimenting with into something that's more consistent because really that's, that's what legacy is all about. I'm building something that he could step into one day if he so chooses. And I think that's a really cool thing. Yeah. And no matter what, whether he wants to do it or not, you're showing him how you lived, you know, your life with passion and like, you know, just putting it all out there, which, you know, what a great example to set, right? I, I was thinking yeah. of that. We were talking about, um, you know, whether, you know, it's considered a success, whether it's considered a failure and, you know, people that you've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people and they all have their insecurities, right? I mean, every single one, even the ones that you think, no, they don't. They all do, right? Absolutely. And can you tell us just one story, like without somebody's name, of what do you think people are the most that you see they're most insecure about? Is it failure? Are they afraid of failure? Or are they afraid of people not liking what they put out there? What do you think is the most prevalent? Yeah, it's a great question. I think 
I think it's a mix of all of that. And I think it could be rolled up into the idea that we're always waiting for the other shoe to drop um, in our, in our own way. Like we're worried to, on ourselves that we're not good enough. I think a lot of times when you talk to someone who's successful, the world will tell them they're successful. Everyone's, you know, showering them with praise. But if you ask them the thoughts going through their head right now, they're thinking about the next thing they have to do so that they don't fall from grace. You know? So I think that's where the self-consciousness comes in. It's like, they like me now, but will they always like me? I need to keep doing this so that I can keep having this level of success I'm having. Or we always see someone, there's always someone that's more successful than we are. And so we're like, yeah, this is great that I have this, but I want that. And so I think that's where insecurities come into play. When we focus on what we don't have or what we could lose rather than what we do have. Good point. And how about even let's take it a little bit more esoteric, a little more spiritual and deep. Don't you think that especially like now we were talking about how some people have more time, you know, they're they're working from home and you have this opportunity to work on, you know, for lack of better work, self-growth, things that maybe you, you didn't think about that you can do right now. Don't you think one of the biggest things should be that you care more about what you think than others think? Because then it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, you're always going to care what people think, but don't you think that pure love, that pure joy comes from when you feel worthy, no matter what people think of you? Absolutely. And I just think society's not set up for that right now. You know, I think if you think back, like way back. Why not? Why not, Miles? Well, think about like Thomas Edison or even Galileo or Albert Einstein, right? When these guys had an idea that they could just think to themselves and they knew was brilliant, that's all they needed. Now, if we, if the, he had the, someone had the ability to tweet out the theory of relativity back in the day when he first thought up of it, and then five internet trolls told him he was an idiot and it would never happen, um, he probably wouldn't have taken it to fruition and his self-talk would have been a lot different. I think Really? Society, huh. society just places like you know, so much more value on the likes and retweets and followers. That external validation is what we're all sort of trained to focus on rather than that internal you know, being okay with ourselves is enough, you know? Okay, so, Miles, quick question, because it doesn't matter. How old are you? Or do, I, you, do you never tell your age? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I will tell you my age now. I, I typically shied away from it because it used to start with a two, and I would get a lot of people that just discounted me because of my age. Oh, but, I, I never thought of it that way. Um, I, oh, I got I always think of, of it the reverse, you know? But, well, I appreciate yeah. it. I, I thought so, too. But I would get a lot of people in a corporate setting where if I didn't have my beard, I looked like 12. I have a baby face without my beard. Yeah, and yeah. I would just kind of get sort of patted on my head and sent on my way by some people. <laughs> um, you know, by the way, that's my husband. He has to have a beard because he, he used to look so young. They didn't yeah. take him serious as a lawyer when he'd yeah. go into court. Yeah. yeah, so a similar thing. Um, so I just turned 30 in March of 2020, and I have five gray Woo-hoo. hairs in that beard. So I'm officially an no, adult. No, you don't. No, you and don't. I do, actually. Like, I noticed it two weeks before my 30th birthday. I was like, oh, man, here we go. Yeah. Well, the, the reason I wasn't asking that as far, you know, as the maturity level or your knowledge, I was asking because... I think it's a little different for someone that's older because you're right, you're younger. And 
the likes and the dislikes and the so I'm not saying I don't get affected by it, but I think it's different when you're younger because, like you said, that's all you know. That's what that's what sure. you know about business. Where as you get as you're older, it's not just because of wisdom, but we didn't have that, you, you know. And so you can I, I think it's a little bit easier. Yeah, I'd agree. You know? you well, know? and probably probably just different. I don't know if it was easier for you. It's, or, well, I mean, so. it's like you're not thinking likes or dislikes sure. and. Not that you can't get, I mean, everybody is into it because they do know the importance of business. But I, I do think, Miles, we got to really, really, I guess society is not wired, but I think we really have to work on wiring that. Because, you know, like you said, you're, not, you're only as good as your last like, your last book, your last project. I think that's a very sad way of living. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to live that way. And I don't want my son, like, I don't want him to think that way. I want them to spend more time on developing something that makes him so happy. And if he reaches 12 people or 12 million, he's satisfied. Now, whether that's going to bring in a paycheck, that's a whole different issue, right? Right. Oh, for sure. And I think it's something you have to work on, like you have to work on every day and to remind yourself of this. So do you think of the people that you interviewed, do you think without the likes and out people, like you said, do you think any of them that you interviewed really felt they were worthy, you know, of all love and joy and success in the world, no matter what people thought of them? Was there anyone that you thought, wow, they really got it going on? Hmm. Wow. I'm going to have to do a mental uh, cycle through the Rolodex here. <laughs> and I don't want names, but like, is because those are the people that really yeah. like fascinate me, you know, that they weren't. Not that they didn't want to be successful and they didn't want to reach millions of people, but you see, you see the fine line difference between that. Yeah, I do, and I think as I'm thinking through, I'm sure there's more than one, but one is just coming right to top of mind that stood out as very, very confident without being arrogant and just sure of himself and what he, what he knew, what he's accomplished, and where he was going. You know, just that, like you said, that that inner confidence that comes with being okay yeah. with you know, not being understood or people, you know, thinking whatever they want to think because he was 100% confident in what he was doing. And don't you think you're drawn more to that kind of person? Like you want to go, oh my God, what's the secret sauce? How do they do that? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So, all right, Miles. So you say everyone has a story, right? Absolutely. And you can, and I agree with you. I could just say hi to someone. Like today, I was walking the dog, trying to keep my social distance. And, uh, <laughs> but right away with the dogs, you know, we ended up, I met two new people in the neighborhood. They're dogs, young people. And I learned a lot, you know, from these strangers, you know, walking their dog in my neighborhood that I, if my dog didn't run and grab away from my hand, you know, he just went bolting after these dogs, I never would have. And I stopped and I took the time to listen to the, and they must have been like 25 years old, this young couple. And it was amazing what I learned from them because I stopped to hear them. Yeah, that's one thing podcasting has taught me. And that's, I set out on my show to kind of prove that hypothesis, really. It was something that I felt was true and I've always thought, and it was an opportunity to build some content around it. Um, that's why it was called Relish the Journey because it was vague enough where it could be everyone's journey. I didn't have to yeah. just have a podcast about, you know, cheese. <laughs> you know, there's all these <laughs> niche podcasts out there. So 
Yeah. It's Although that a, would be a good podcast. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do love some cheese. Yeah, I do love cheese too. So, but yeah, it's I've I've interviewed like my cousins and my sisters and my parents and grandparents all the way up to, you know, through the uh, the cold direct message on Instagram approach. I've I've gotten a lot of guests I've never met before, but yeah, are pretty high profile. These are people that have been on Chopped and Shark Tank and big own big businesses, you know, former athletes, music producers, all that kind of stuff. And these people all have a story of how they got to that level of success. If they're successful, or yeah. even if it's an a- every day average person you meet on the street, you just say, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Tell me your, you know, most memorable life moment or your lowest life moment. What did you learn out of that low moment that you take with you now? And then you just start to ask those open-ended questions and, the other thing I've learned is everybody loves talking about themselves. <laughs> and so you catch them well, in the right Well, that we've known. Well, that we know. <laughs> yeah. And they just open up. And then if you're willing yeah. to actually hear what they have to say and listen to it, I feel like I've grown so much as a person because I can take a little nugget away from every single conversation I've had and put it into use in my own life. And it makes me a better person. Absolutely. I think the number one thing you can do for anyone is listen, right? Just listen. And really focus in on them because that's hard for people to do. I don't know about you, but sometimes even with my friends, I'll go out and I'll be like, I get if they're listening to their phone or whatever because they have little kids. But I don't know if you experience this, but I mean, everyone thinks they can multitask. I go, yeah, I'm not that smart. I can't do that. Like when I listen to you, I cannot wild, by the way, text and listen to someone because I know I'm not really listening to them. Right. I mean, maybe some people can. I, 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 I can't. You know? Well, that's another thing. Go back to the brain. That science has proven you can't really. <laughs> Your oh, cognitive good. ability. To All right. So it's it. not a defect in me. No, right? They call it a task switching, I think, is the term they use, not uh, multitasking. And it's it's not good. So yeah. science is with you on that one. Oh, woohoo. So wait, <laughs> I got to write that down. Where can I look that up so I can talk to my husband and son afterwards? There you it's go. Not possible. All right. Anyhow. Um, but do you know that? I mean, I don't, do your friends do that? Like when you're out, like are they on the phone while they're talking to you or do it? That doesn't happen. No, some people definitely do it. It drives me crazy just because yeah, it I, drives me crazy. Yeah. I think it's disrespectful when people do that. And then it's also, to me, it's an indicator that they don't want to be in that moment where you are. They'd rather be someplace else. Oh, and, I didn't think of that. And that's what, that just frustrates me. But also I think that's, I mean, you use the phrase social distancing it's a buzzword right now. I think it's it's been actively happening for a while because people are more focused on what social means in a digital space and not in the real world. Oh, that's true. That's true. You're right, because even people that aren't introverts don't really know how to interact sometimes because all they know is how to do it right. while on social media. And so that's another thing I love about podcasting is it's, it's forced me to get very, very good at conversation. Yeah. And un- uninterrupted conversation where it's just you and another person like we're doing right now for yeah. you know half an hour to an hour. Yeah. And you've got to be present and passionate and high energy or it's not going to be entertaining to listen to. So it- it's a good skill to hone. And yeah. And by the way, so many people now listen to podcasts, like everyone, oh, yeah. which I-, I think is awesome. Okay. How'd you come up with, I love your freaking name. Like Relish the Journey <laughs> is just a brilliant. Thank you. So I had to come up with it. It was actually uh, is what one of my really good friends in college. It was just, just like his catchphrase. Uh, really? Yeah, he would. So he got it from 
from a movie, and I forget which one, so I'm not going to try to make that up and, and okay. have, the, have the internet call me out for what the real answer no, is. No, but guys, look it up. Let us know. Send it in. Let me yeah. know. But um, it's – so he would say it all the time, and he was he's such a free spirit and still is to this day, and he was always about – going on journeys, going on adventures, you know, relish the journey. And he actually got it. I have a couple tattoos. And after I got my first one, he wanted to get one. And I told him I'd camp out with him and, and wait in line on a Saturday. And that's what he ended up getting tattooed on him is relish the journey. And wait so, a minute, why did you have to camp out? Well, so you had to get, you had to make an appointment with the tattoo artist or on Saturdays, they just had open doors and walk-ins. Okay. So if you camped out at like six in the morning, by the time they opened up at noon, you could be one or two in line and actually get tattooed that day. So we just gotcha. ate breakfast and sat on the street and people watched for a bunch of hours and then got tattoos. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> no, um, you're right because my husband's going to get a tattoo and they're like, we can't get in for three months. Yeah, no, like, it's wild. Yeah. What the freak? I guess if they're good artist, you know, you got to wait for him. Absolutely. So anyhow, so that's where you got, I was like wondering. Cause so yeah, that's where, when I was thinking about the idea, I had an, the idea about what I wanted to be. And then I started going through and thinking about all the people in my life I knew that I could interview that would have interesting stories to tell. And as I was going through the list of people, I was like, who could be a really dynamic person to be the first guest? And I landed on this gentleman. Oh. And then it just sort of kind of a switch flipped mentally. I was like, well, that'd be a great name. And so I ran up by him and made sure he was cool with it, of course. Because it was like his thing that I yeah, sort of yeah. have yeah. made my thing now. Um, but yeah, so that's where it came from. It was one of my buddy's sayings, and I thought it fit my theme that I had, my idea perfectly, and was vague enough that I could pivot the show underneath that umbrella and not have to completely rebrand the whole thing. By the way, I have to tell you this. Um, you made me. It's your fault. <laughs> okay. Miles Biggs, it's your fault. I... Don't listen to my podcast all the way. I listen to what the guest is saying versus me. Isn't that funny? And then you're like, you have to listen. Da, da, da. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's right. Yeah. You know? And I've been doing this for years. And like I'll hear and I'll be like fast forwarding through. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, yeah. what are you freaking doing? And it's not because <laughs> I don't like... Here's the thing. I wish I could use, I don't like the sound of my voice, but I like the sound of my voice. Oh, wow. You're in the minority on that one. Yeah. So you know how people say, oh, I don't like to hear my own voice? No. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's great. But I, you called me out on something. I realized I was afraid of hearing a mistake. Oh, really? That was what it was. Is that whacked or what? Here I am, secure. Like you're, like I was thinking about that because we all have our insecurities, and I'll watch things and whatever. But for some reason, to listen to my podcast is not because of the voice. I am hypercritical. Why did I should have said that? I should have said that. Why don't I do that? Do you, you know what I mean? And oh, yeah. I think I thought if I listened to it, we would never be able to produce my podcast because i would keep going no do this do this do this tell me you know do that do that <laughs> isn't that crazy that's funny but yeah i found that that you know so i've it's interesting in the podcast world there are a lot of people that have teams around them and i when i first started it was just me doing everything and so yeah. learning to edit learning to record i've listened back to myself a lot and okay. yeah, that's true i started to pick up on things i did every time in every episode without thinking Words I said, phrases I said over and over again, mm. what I would call a verbal crutch. You know, while I'm thinking, I'm just blabbering the same sort of phrase over and over. 
And I realized <gasps> you're right. Yeah, that uh, I realized that happened. And now I'm, it's it's kind of goes back to meditating in everyday life. Now it's sort of a, like a meditative practice where I can almost see the words in my brain before I say them. And I'm aware of where I'm going before I get there so that I avoid those things. And so really? it's, it's helped me be a much better public speaker, podcast guest, podcast host. It's helped me with memorization. You know, you talked about the TED Talk. That's how I have memorized the 15-minute speech is recording it. And, and then just 15 minutes? Yeah. And then listening to it back over and over and over again in the mm. car, at the gym, walking the dog, just listening to myself. And then you pick up, you pick up on it. And that's how I, I write now almost is I will say what I want to say listen to it back and then I can edit myself better when I've heard it, you know, over and over again, I think of better ways to say it and then stop and write it down. So, well, I'm glad that you said that to me because so many people I know have said to me, they don't really listen to their part, you know, and you were the first person said no. And I think you're right, not just with podcasts, but with everything that there's a difference between being hard on yourself and wanting to discover and learn. And what I'm hearing from you is that you used it more to discover and learn versus like just slam yourself for doing stuff. Yeah, I've learned to just sort of separate myself emotionally from it. And I've had, I've helped enough other people through coaching and things like that, you know, edit themselves and give them feedback that now it's, you can almost think about it, it's not you, it's previous you, right? Because it's a recorded previous. moment of time. <laughs> Okay. So the current you is not the person that said that. That was previous you. So you can just have that identity separation okay. and it makes it easier to edit yourself when you're not so emotionally attached to your words. And to know that everybody has their stuff and everyone has stuff they need to work on. And so if you don't listen to it, you're never going to be aware of it. Right. And if you don't, if you don't even want to listen to you, why would anybody else want to listen to you? Well, because like you said, some people don't like the sound of their own yeah. voice, Miles, you know. So, you know, there's that. But I think it's a very, very mature thing, and I think it's a great example. And you made me do it, and I – not made me, but you inspired me oh, to do well, it. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, so that was really cool. All right, so, Miles, what has been one of your biggest struggles in business in the last year? Okay, yeah, this is an easy one to answer because in the last year I've gone through, a, I went through a big career change. Um, you mentioned in the intro that I'm the director of digital marketing for an advertising agency, marketing agency. And before that, um, about nine months ago, I left the company I was with for about 10 years. I started there as an intern and worked my way all the way up to be general manager of the corporate headquarters. Wow. Um, it was like a 400 employee operation, you know, lots of money and revenues and doing business in 28 States. It was a, it was a big job. I, you know, talking about age, it's why I kept the beard. I, I got the job at, uh, 26, 27 years old. Um, and I thought I wanted it. I wanted to climb the ladder. I was chasing the money and the prestige. And I took, I, I went from director of marketing at that company to this GM job, which, oversaw marketing, but not every, not in every day. It was more operational focused and running a business. And I got burned out and I just didn't love it. And I got stressed out. I was having panic attacks. You know, it was just, it was bad. Wow. It was, I really learned, you know, that cliche where people say like, you know, don't chase money, chase what you love and money will follow that kind of thing. You kind of shrug it off until you find yourself in the situation. And I woke up one day, I'm like, I, I don't love what I'm doing. It's, it's, 
it's affecting my personal health. You know, it's like, just didn't like it. And so I quit and found another job. And I just made the so decision wait a to Did you change. quit before you found another job? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was a, that was a leap of faith. Yeah, it was. Um, it's, it's a longer story. It's actually quit a couple times. <laughs> and then the one time they, they got me to stay and then I ended up quitting. Wait, again. How many but, times did you quit? So twice uh, oh. from the same company. I was like, that's a longer story. We don't need to get into that, but it's, okay. yeah. So I just, I knew I had to do it and I was, I was pretty sure I had another thing waiting and then it, it, it worked out and it all was good. But, um, yeah, so I just, it's been the, ba- the best thing because it really forced me to hit reset on everything and find a job that more aligns with my passions and my creative pursuits and what I love doing, not just what's going to get me the highest paycheck. And so that was a, that was a hard thing to, to do because I have a wife and a child and a mortgage just like everybody else. And, you know, it was funny because what made me pull the trigger was having a conversation with somebody that was had worked in a company for like 30 plus years, um, worked in the company for like 30 plus years. And they were talking about how they felt trapped in their job at this other company. And they didn't mm-hmm. feel like they had any other options to them. And it was like a moment where I felt like I saw myself in the future. You know, I was like, I don't want to get to that point where I feel yeah, like it's harder, isn't it? I've been there for so long. I can't do anything else. You know, I was like, I'm 20, I was 29 at the time. I've got my whole life ahead of me. I deserve to be happy and to do what I love. And then I left and I found, found it. And it's really been great. It's allowed me to just be a better, well-rounded person and, you know, father and, and, uh, husband and employee and then a business owner now, all that good stuff. So, (laughs) well, you know what, here's the thing. It's, it, I really truly believe where there's a will, there's a way, and it's never too late to leave and start over. It's never, but the sooner you realize it, it does make it a lot easier. You know, it yeah. really does, you know, and so good for you. By the way, I want to put a little side note out because I don't think I'm cutting this. You want to know what one of my guilty pleasures are, Miles? What's that? It's the weirdest thing ever. And it popped on. I'm like, ah, it popped on. I play Pokemon Go. No, oh, <laughs> that's what that sound was. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, oh, my God. I thought I had it off. But something must have, you know, uh, Pokemon must have been in my <laughs> house. So That's funny. It's funny. It's like I don't play games, but I love it because it's an outside thing. You know what I mean? You can walk yeah. around, be with your whatever, and getting yeah, these so little funny, creatures. Funny story there. When Pokemon Go first came out, I was playing it. And at the time, I was doing an online program with the Wharton School of Business. It was like a business certification. Yeah. And, uh I did my capstone project on Pokemon Go and the business plan for how to monetize the app to have local business advertising when you're walking past it to, you know, come in and play Pokemon and get 10% off or something like that. You know, it was, I wrote the really? whole thing. Yeah. So, uh, so I've also played the game. Yeah. It's a fun. I, game. I mean, I know it's, it's something I, it was, I started like, I don't even know, like maybe three up like I years ago, but then started up again three months and I, I like it, you know, it just makes me smile. And I know people are like, what the freak is she doing? Because <laughs> funny story, like I'll go back and forth, like we live near a park. So if I, if it was not good weather, or whatever, I would be in my car going, oh, I have to go get some Pokeballs at a Pokestop. And we just so happened, like right down on our cul-de-sac, there's like 
six pokey stops by this park. And these young people, they came out of their house. I was driving, it was like 11 o'clock at night and I'm going slow and I'm catching the balls, right? Stopping and like whatever. <laughs> and this one guy stops, he goes, hey. And he starts, you know, swinging his arms back and forth. He goes, hi. He goes, can I ask you what you're doing? I'm like, excuse me? He goes, well, you know, me and my friend here, and this he, he must have been in his 20s, like, we're wondering, like, are you the CIA? <laughs> I go, what? <laughs> I'm like, no. I was like, he goes, well, we see you going up, up and back and, you know, whatever. And I said, do you really want me to show you what I'm doing? He goes, oh, my God. And he was like, you've got to be kidding. And his friend is in the background drinking a beer, cracking up. He goes, oh, my God. He's worried that she's CIA or something, you know, drug enforcement, and here she's playing Pokemon. Yeah, it makes you wonder what those guys are doing, the fact that their mind goes to drug enforcement agencies. Yeah, like, what are you doing? It was just hysterical. But anyhow, I thought you would enjoy that, and that's what popped on, and I was just cracking up. That's All right, Miles, so let's go back into what is, I think I know the answer to this, but what has been, like, the most awesome thing Yeah. So in the last year? One of the things that I credit with helping me get to the point where I was comfortable enough to um, make that that jump and just get more comfortable was really, you know, you hear people say that also cliche, like you got to find your tribe, right? Find your group of people that support you. Yeah. And so at the time all this was going on, I was, you know, uh, have you heard of Shaper? It's a networking app. No. So you probably like this. It's S-H-A-P-R. It's okay. an app. It's an app on your phone. It's kind of like Tinder. But it's for networking. You swipe left or right. So you upload your pro- personal profile and what you're about and you know what you're looking for. I was on there to find podcast guests, so you could do the same. Okay. And it's S H A P R. Yeah. Huh. Go ahead. And so I connected with this guy on there who runs um, a coaching company that does mastermind groups with entrepreneurs and folks in business that are looking for accountability and to level up in their in their business. And so I joined. And signed on for a three-month program and then signed on for a monthly thing after that. And was in that program for about seven months and transitioned from customer to to employee. He brought me on to you know be a coach with him. He, no freaking way. He, he trained me up. And so now I lead mastermind groups in the evening, um, which is fun. I love it. It's 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 so inspiring to me to to be along the ride for somebody's journey and to just be in a room. Well, virtually, because it's all on Zoom calls, yeah, but yeah, being yeah, a virtual yeah. room with people from all over the country and to just feel like there's other crazy people out there like me. You know, that's how I feel when I talk to people like you, right? When you make that connection with somebody, you're like, yeah, this person gets it. And I'm not just the only weird one in my small yeah. geographic region. So yeah. that was really helpful and reassuring that I was on the right path and doing my right thing. And that's led to really so many great things. The podcast has taken off. Like you mentioned, you know, I just when I quit my job, I started writing a book and I finished it. It was one of those things where I've started and stopped writing different books, you know, at all different phases of my life. So I, the fact that I finally have a written and edited 200 page manuscript is like so exciting for me. Um, and I'm excited to share exciting with the world. for everyone. Yeah. And then the Ted talk was just another thing, put myself out there. I found it online, applied on a whim, went through the audition and got it. And that's been really crazy experience. And, 
really teaching me more about what I'm capable of and challenging me when it comes to memorizing and writing and memorizing that 15 minute talk. Because that's a totally different thing than any speaking engagement. I mean, you have to have it down to a science, man. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's just been crazy. And I think about where I was this time last year and I was racked with anxiety and having panic attacks. And this year I'm talking to you on a podcast and really feeling like I'm in my stride. So it's, isn't that crazy? It is. It really is. Um, but it's not at the same time because the more I get into it, the more I realize that it's not crazy. It's not luck. You know, I made an active decision to do a weird, hard thing. And then I've made decisions every day since then to continue to show up and put the work in. And that's what happens. You know, there's no, there's no magic bullet. It's consistent, I I get it. Consistent work. So but yeah, it is crazy. I mean, at the end of the day, there's so much that can happen in a year. And I think that's what a lot of people just fail to realize or accept or believe that they can do all of these things themselves because they seem too daunting when you add them all together. But when you break it down into different pieces and small steps, you can do yeah. a lot. Yeah. Well, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, that you're putting out there is – Everything you like when I'm looking at it, and I'm you should see my notes about you, they're all crazy and going in many <laughs> directions, so it, it's kind of fun. But you know, like you said, I love the way you say there's no sexy answer for you know, like for people, just start. And I think that's the best advice you can get people like, don't overthink it, you know. And that was like one of your number one tips, but that's so important because. When you encourage people to do that, even if it's just a small idea, that that may be the big one. The other one may be the big one. It may not. But at least they get into that mindset of starting and trying things. Right. It's all about momentum. I mean, all too often we're focused on where we want to be at the end or when really that end could be in five years. But you don't get there without taking that first step. And it's you're going to be bad at whatever it is at first. If you're a normal person, you know, you're probably going to be bad at podcasting or photos or videos or speaking in public, whatever it is. But you're only going to get better at it if you keep doing it. And you got to put the bad stuff out there. You got to get over that. Like we talked about, you got to get over listening to yourself, right? You got to get used to taking criticism, hearing no, feeling embarrassed, because the more you get those emotions in your face, the less crippling they become. And then the more you do, and then the better you get. And it's just, it's a snowball. Yeah. And you know, like you, another thing that is really ringing true to me is finding your peeps. Cause that's really important because on the days you just can't get there to surround yourself with a great support group is freaking like awesome, you know, and it's incredible how much that can really help you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, because yeah. there are going to be days that, you know, you just don't f- you have it. But when you surround yourself with like-minded people who can lift you up, I mean, there's nothing better than that. Yeah, because we're all going to have those days. And nobody can do anything alone, completely alone. So it's super important. So can you tell us anything about, is the TEDx talk a secret? Like, do they have to wait? Or is there a subject line that we're allowed to know? Or is it like, I'll have to stay tuned? <laughs> uh, so it's not a secret. Uh, it's going to be in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. The date will be announced at some yeah. point. I'm not even sure of the final date yet. They're still nailing down the venue. 
Yeah. Um, but the whole overarching theme of the event is the next chapter. And so all the speakers have to fit their talk to kind of fit into that theme. And my talk is going to be called Unseen Work, Flip Your Mindset, Harness Your Invisibility, and Relish the Journey. So okay. that is what it is. And how long did you work on it? Oh, man. Um, I think it's been a good six months that I've been working on it. Really? Yeah. That's not bad. I mean, that's not bad. I mean, they take a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because when I applied, I just wrote an idea down in the online form and hit submit. And I didn't even, like, copy out what I initially wrote in my my application. So when I heard back, congratulations, you got it. I'm like, great. What did I say? Shut up. No, <laughs> that, I really did. And I had to really think about it again because, I, like I said, when I say I applied on a whim, I truly applied on a whim. There's only a few days left to apply when I found it because yeah. I'd actually been looking to start my own. And I found one already existed in my area. So then I just pivoted and said, okay, I'll just do one, hopefully. And then I got the word that they wanted me to give a five-minute version of my talk for the audition. And so I had to come up with that. Uh, And then I did that for a panel of eight people. And then uh, got the word that I was selected. So then they expanded it up to 15 minutes. And now the the memorization game is on. I have it memorized finally. And so now it's working in, okay, now that I know the words, the inflection points, motion, that sort of thing to really make sure I can add the most impact. But still have it feel fluid and not like I'm a robot you know, yep. doing a script up there. So, yeah. I'm so happy for you. That's huge, Miles. Huge. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, I know it's huge, but I'm still just getting through it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I don't know if yeah. I'll fully appreciate the hugeness of it until I see the video back on YouTube with the TEDx logo on the bottom right and yeah. me on the stage. You know, that'll be an, a surreal moment for sure. Yeah. Well, well we got to wrap up here, but the one thing that I wanted to close with is when you were saying how everyone has a story, do you really believe that everybody has a journey worth listening to? I really do. Um, I filmed this promo video when I first, when I got my first speaking engagement. So I, a side note here, I got my first speaking engagement. I only had like 20 episodes. I didn't have a website. I didn't have a promo video. I didn't really think I was going to look legitimate for the stage I was going to be on. Yeah. So I said yes to the talk and then immediately started building out those things so that by the time I got there and people looked me up after I was done speaking, I looked like I belonged. And uh, the video I did, in that video, I, I made the statement that I want to interview the world. And I've gotten flack for that because a lot of people tell me it's not possible. And I just smile and say, well, what fun is possible? So yeah. uh, I do. I believe every person, you could sit down, even if it's a five-minute conversation, if they were willing to be completely open and honest and actually share their true story, yeah. you could all learn something from everyone. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So do you have any big Guess that you're going after. Like, do you have like do you ever you have that? Do you ever have that secret list? And these <laughs> are like the people, like it, like the, the top five people that you want to interview. Still, you know, I don't. I don't have that big crazy list. Um, okay. I know a lot of people do. I have a few people that I've been courting. Um, I think the big thing for me, again, going after vanity metrics here, right? Like likes and whatever. 
I'd love to get somebody that's got a blue check mark next to their name on social media. That's the they're verified. They're a big shot. You know, I haven't got one of those yet. I've got plenty of what I would call big shots, but uh, I, I understand nobody that's that big. So there's a few I'm circling, and we'll see. Okay. Well, Miles, this has been really fun. I enjoyed it. I know my Let's Keep It Real people are having a ball listening to you. But before we wrap up, is there anything that you want to get in that we didn't get in? Oh, man. I ask this question all the time, too, and people always roll their eyes at me because it's the most open-ended thing, anything left. I know. Like, is there anything else? I mean, I I think we kind of covered every area, you know, but... Is there any last thought before we go? Yeah, definitely. We definitely covered a lot and a lot of good stuff. I think if I was going to summarize it into, you know, a soundbite that is, you know, the message I want to get out there is that, you know, I'll go back to to Jimbo's question, I think, at the beginning, right? That anybody that's listening to this that feels like, you know, they have an idea and they just haven't quite nailed it down yet. And how do I do it? You know, I would say, just know I was you. I was that person. It was 2017, November. I was that guy in the snow, walking my dog, listening to a podcast, dreaming of what could be. And yeah. here we are in 2020, and I'm actively doing it because I just started. And so listening to podcasts is great. Keep doing that. But ultimately, if you're going to get serious about it, you got to start your podcast, whatever that is. If it's a book, if it's photos, if it's an actual podcast. Yeah, whatever it is. Just, you know, when you're done listening to this, put the phone down and go take the first step and just get it done. And then you can be a guest on the podcast. They can reach out to you and tell yeah. tell their story to somebody. That's exactly right. And by the way, I can't wait, Jimbo. You have to email me and let me know about your new apartment. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> totally. And, and uh just so you know, anybody, if we haven't gotten in anything that, you know, you wanted to ask Miles, you know, you can uh, email me your questions at podcast at sandyjoyweston.com, podcast at sandyjoyweston.com, and I'll be sure to get them to Miles. Miles, how can they find you? Sure. Um, so my website for the podcast is RTJ Media, RTJ, like Relish the Journey, and they can email me. It's Miles, M-Y-L-E-S at rtjmedia.com and on all the social media channels it's at rtj podcast we got it all right miles thank you so much i appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us and for my let's keep it real people you know what i'm gonna say until next time toodles thanks for listening Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show, and remember, keep spreading the positive.